Welcome back. This is the soft count. Home run debut was last night. I put my money on Kyle Schwarber, and he let Albert Pujols beat him. <laughs> I was watching it, and I heard him say before he went out there, and everybody's cheering Albert. Everybody was super happy about Albert. Everybody loves Albert. And I heard uh, I heard Schwarber say in the background, I was like, I don't know if I want to go out there and beat him. And then he didn't. He let him win. I didn't, I didn't put a bunch of money on it or nothing, but it was still like I was laughing. I'm like, God damn it. This is why you don't bet on shit like this, Ian. The surprise of the night, though, was Julio Rodriguez. He came out in round one and hit 32 home runs, and then in round two hit 31. <laughs> it was fucking unbelievable. So he had like 63 home runs going into the third round against Juan Soto. And so he just ran out of gas. He's a little bit smaller. He's not young. He's only 21 years old. By the time that dude's 28, he's going to be huge. He was fantastic. His swing is so fucking natural, it's unbelievable. When he hits a home run, you just immediately know it. And I love guys like that. It was pretty good. I would argue that the home run derby was the most fun it's been in a long time. There was that one year where, uh, uh, what the hell is his name? Eh, whatever. Fuck him. Oh, yeah, Bryce Harper. <laughs> Bryce Harper and his dad went out there, and he cranked a bunch and won the thing. Came back. He was, like, down a bunch and then went on a run at the end. It was pretty exciting. But overall, the home run derby was sweet. Tonight, the All-Star game opens with Clayton Kershaw pitching to Shohei Otani. By the way, Shohei Otani is 0 for 8 against Clayton Kershaw. Career. So that'll be fun. So right about now is when I really start talking a little bit more NFL. There's a little bit of news on the Deshaun Watson front. And I have a message here from a friend of mine. Hit me up on Instagram. Had a question for the pod. His name's Will. He lives in Chicago. If Deshaun doesn't play this season, what do you think of Cleveland bringing in Jimmy G for a gap year? Would it be worth it, or should they just ride with Jacoby Brissett and see what they can get out of him? So, there's some... This question's kind of got a couple different parts to it, and I'll answer all of them the best I can. The new news is that Deshaun Watson, according to one of those ESPN reporters, you know, one of the big-time guys, I can't remember it right off the top of my head, but I read it this morning, is that um, they're looking at four to six games for, for a suspension. And that's interesting because they waited to announce anything because as soon as the – the kind of the new shit came out where it was like, oh, my God, 60 women. They just waited until people weren't mad about it anymore. And over the last three weeks, people have just kind of cooled off, and they don't care anymore. And they're going to say four to six games, and people will kind of bitch, and then they'll forget about it, and he'll be back. I, I literally thought he was done. I've seen players fucking blackballed for less. I, I was really shocked that he's going to play at all. But now they're saying four to six games, and I kind of believe it. So if that's the case, then, yeah, you just keep Jacoby Perset. You don't give up any fucking – you don't give up any capital for for Jimmy G. Now, there's something interesting about the Jimmy G comment anyway. And one of the things I find interesting is I like Jimmy G as a comparison to Kirk Cousins. And I'm not a guy that hates Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is all right. And one of the things about Jimmy G is that currently he just had surgery and hasn't passed physicals. So you would trade for a guy that can't even play right away. I don't even know when he's going to be able to play. If it'll be at the beginning of the season or not, I have no idea. And so I'm kind of out on him. I like him at times, but he makes some really bad plays sometimes. Jimmy G makes some really bad plays. 
and especially when he gets out of the pocket. He just ah, – it's hard to watch for me sometimes. And, and I've gone kind of back and forth on the guy. And then you'll get people who are like, well, he went to a Super Bowl. And I'm like, yeah, so did, you know, fucking Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco and Nick whatever from the Philadelphia Eagles. He won the fucking thing. All those guys have won one. So, you know, football and team sports, when people are like, well, they went to the championship. I'm like, yeah, so did Larry Nance Jr. and Mo Williams. Like, these guys went to the championship games. Like, <laughs> you could argue that they've been there. And so, to me, that argument doesn't really hold up in sport in team sports. Now, if you're a fighter and you're fighting for the heavyweight title, you got there yourself. And so, I get it. But saying you get they get played in the Super Bowl, it's like, man, there's just so much going on in football. And coaching is such a huge role in football, it's out of control. It's really the only sport where coaching – I think actually matters. I think in baseball, you could just have the players run the shit. <laughs> you could just pick a guy. Basketball, I mean, you know. Is anybody coaching LeBron ever? I have no idea. I doubt it. Same with Kevin Durant. Same with Steph. Maybe Steph takes some coaching from Steve Kerr. Everybody seems to like him. But ultimately, these guys are just out there playing, and the game's so fluid and fast, it's hard for a coach to do anything other than like call a timeout and decide who gets to play. In football, because the game is constantly stopped and you get to call a play, the coach is deciding what is happening the whole time. But in a basketball game or a hockey game or a soccer game, the coach is just watching like everybody else. Like You don't really have control over what plays are being run all the time. In basketball, you can kind of call a play out and maybe Steph's like, all right, I'll run that. And he probably maybe does. And then he comes up and shoots a fucking 50-footer. It's like I, I don't know what coaching does in a lot of sports. But football – it's a huge difference and so it's really hard to judge quarterbacks because they've all a lot of them have had multiple coaches multiple everything will's also got a two-parter here he says also the carolina qb comp should be interesting baker and darnold came out the same year both had promise but underdelivered. some could say they were put in bad situations and never got a chance jets were awful coaching carousel and baker's coaching carousel to deal with like to hear your take on the podcast about that too so I would argue that the really great quarterbacks that come into the league come into a bad situation, and it's not bad anymore, i.e. Joe Burrow. The Bengals have been bad for a few years. Now, they're not perennially bad. People look at – over the last couple years, people are like, man, the Bengals are terrible. And I'm like – they just forget that, like, Chad Johnson, Chris Henry, TJ Hushmanzada, and Carson Palmer were all on that team, and they were going to the playoffs all the time. They just lost. And even Dalton had a couple good years early on. So I find that – I mean, look at Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck's another great example. The The Colts were Owens fucking – or maybe they won one game at the end of the year. I don't know. They didn't go completely – they didn't get completely blanked. But I think Jim Sorge got a win at the end of the year or something. But Andrew Luck came in and they immediately won 11 games. It was like, oh, shit, they're a, con- they're a contender now. And so, rookie or not, like I find that the best quarterbacks, they come in and they make an impact, and it's it's immediate. Now, here's the difference between these two guys. The Browns were fucking terrible. The Jets were fucking terrible. Now, the Browns, they were starting Tyrod Taylor, I believe, and they were losing. They lost the first two games of the season, and I believe it was the third game. They're down by 17, and Tyrod got hurt. And so Baker's, you know, rookie quarterback, get in there. It's your time. And he goes out there and brings them back from down 17 and wins the fucking game. And so I would argue that Baker has shown 
that he can do a lot of great stuff. Baker just needs like a different crew around him. I don't think, and I'm not trying to put this on his wife or anything, but I've just all the people that are enabling him, everybody around him, like they need to do better. Like I don't know what he seemed like. He was from a very normal place when he transferred from Oklahoma or transferred to Oklahoma. He was suspended, you know, that first year because back then you couldn't just transfer. And the word was is he just like played video games with dudes in the dorms, like like dorkier dudes, like not athletes. His family seems normal. He seems like a normal dude, and something's changed. Obviously, he's wild. I mean, he's always been wild, but I don't know. Like he's just. The focus needs to be on football, and he can still be good. I mean, he's physically gifted, as gifted as, you know, somebody like Drew Brees. He's got the physical tools. But you look at Drew Brees, he's jacked, and he's like 40 years old. Baker's – I've never looked at Baker and thought, man, he did – he really worked hard this offseason. It never – it's just never there. And sometimes he works harder than others, but that's really the thing for him. It's a mentality. But he's accurate when he's healthy. Darnold's got a weird throwing motion, but he's bigger and he's more athletic than Baker. And he's got a bigger, I wouldn't say he's got a bigger arm, and I don't know which one's more athletic, but I know that you can get behind Darnold and kind of just push the season along. Baker's definitely a roller coaster ride when Darnold's much more of like a fucking hay ride. (laughs) You know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen down there. They might end up having one of the worst seasons this year and have the top pick in the draft, the Panthers. And I don't think it's going to be because Baker Mayfield's there or something. I think it's because of Sam Darnold's there. And I don't know if Baker can beat out Sam Darnold anytime soon. And I know that Matt Corral dude, I mean, for them to bring in, bring in Baker, they looked at Matt Corral and were like, ugh, this guy sucks. <clears throat> I think there's going to be a lot of really bad teams this year. A lot of people are high... All these teams with first-year coaches, Denver, the Vikings, I mean, all, all these teams that people think are just going to take off because they've got quarterbacks, like, they might be terrible. First-year coaches sometimes are fucking awful. It's very rare that somebody's Kyle Shanahan and everybody listens because that's really the trick. It's not that these guys don't have a good scheme or don't understand the sport. It's that they're they're nobodies and some of these guys have been playing forever like i'm not i don't fucking care what you say (laughs) why would i you're fucking gonna be fired after we go zero and three or whatever you know so shit that's my biggest thing is who who how many of these first year coaches are actually going to be able to put it together it's rare got another question here from a kansas city fan asking me how they're gonna do michael from texas mike i'm a big Kansas City fan. I'm really bummed that Tyreek's gone. I noticed that the really their most experienced wideout is now Juju Smith-Schuster. How do you think they're going to fare? Well, that being your number one wideout is a problem. But I think by about midway through the season, that Sky Moore guy is probably going to be the number one wide receiver. They still have Travis Kelsey, who is a superstar. And you still got Pat Mahomes, who I think... I'm not sure how much Pat, how much better Pat Mahomes can still get. Like he can get more accurate. A lot of those, his bad accuracy shit is covered up by Tyreek Hill when Tyreek be running a route and he just throws a bad ball and Tyreek can just stop and and retarget the ball and go somewhere else and grab it. Not most wide receivers cannot do that. And so there's gonna, I think there's gonna be a little regression. 
they're going to lose some games this year. And then uh, I think they're still going to be there at the end. It's just going to look rough. It looked rough last year at times. They can't run the ball, and their defense is trash, and now they don't really have any wideouts, aside from Travis Kelsey, who's still a superstar. I'm not super worried about them because they still have Pat Mahomes. The big money right now everybody's putting on is, like, as far as football is concerned, you'll start seeing bets come in for MVPs and stuff because the odds are always fucking nuts right now. Like, everybody is a crazy odds because, the, you know, somebody could get hurt next week for all we know. So people are, you know, some of the – some of the odds you can get right now for MVP and shit for the season are, are pretty wild. But Justin Herbert is the favorite to be the MVP this year, which I think is interesting. Uh, I don't see that happening, and I love Justin Herbert. He's probably my favorite young quarterback. He is my favorite young quarterback. He's built. He's got the body. He's got the head. He's got the arm. He can throw from every angle. He's athletic. He's. I mean, there's no body fat on him. I would take him over Pat Mahomes, and you can fucking crucify me, whatever. I don't care. Pat Mahomes gets hurt. He's had like an ankle surgery. I watched his knee get completely dislocated one game. He's kind of chunky. I mean, but he's jacked. He's big and strong. But he's you know, I look at I look at Herbert and it's like that dude's not hurt. He's probably not going to get hurt. <laughs> and he throws the ball as good as anyone. The biggest problem he has is that I am now out on Brandon Staley. He's a shitty coach. That team, I don't know, man. I just don't know. I don't see how he can be the MVP when they go for it on their own, like, 10-yard line and they're on 4th and 19 and shit. It's just dumb shit. People outthinking themselves, trying to use analytics in a way that it's just not – it doesn't make any sense. Sometimes common sense is the right answer. And I don't know if that team has any, <laughs> aside from their their quarterback, who they didn't draft. You know, the co- the coaching staff came into that. That dude was drafted by the previous staff. And pretty much everybody in the league passed on him. He got he made it far enough, right? Tua was taken before him. Joe Burrow was taken before him. There was like, you know, everybody that needed a quarterback early in the draft had a shot at him, and he, he fell. And uh, now everybody's paying the price. He may win the MVP, but I, I, I would argue that the Chargers – are the worst teams like they have the worst coaching staff out of all the good teams i'm over it i'm over all that kind of thought and i don't know fuck him fuck brandon staley fuck that team but justin herbert's probably my favorite player right now he's fucking sweet i think the team that's really going to be hard to beat right now is going to be the raiders josh mcdaniels he's not a first year head coach he's coached before and failed and then he went back and appears to have become a new person and he kind of even rejects that the even while he was in New England as he's kind of left again he, you can tell he's like that's not me like the I can't be that and he seems to be a new guy and I think Derek Carr is good enough and they just got Devontae Adams and they have Darren Waller <laughs> and Josh Jacobs I mean their team is fucking loaded it's time Max Crosby finally is their breakout defensive player. Everybody's mad that Cleveland Cleveland Farrell was a bust. And it's like, yeah, but they got Max Crosby in that draft too later. And, yeah, they probably do. He is a bust. But it's like Max Crosby's not a bust. He's turning in to be a stud. And I think that that team overall, they just need some help on defense. But their offense is fantastic. And now they're going to get a really genius fucking quarter or a coach to run the show. That team, watch out, man. The Raiders, 
that's going to be fucking awesome. I, I need to get to Vegas to go to one of those games this year. That stadium looks fucking sweet. And they've got they've got star power everywhere. They just, I mean, if you think about what they were able to accomplish last season with everything that happened, I mean, that rug shit and the Gruden shit, that was all in the same year last year. It seems forever ago now. And they made it to the playoffs and bounced the Chargers because they just had better coaching. And their coach, not even the coach now. That was just an interim guy. That tells you everything you need to know about Brandon Staley. Watch out for the Packers to be absolutely fucking terrible. I'm expecting, and you can, I don't know, you can clip clip this, whatever, whatever you want to do. I'm expecting Aaron Rodgers to not even, I bet he quits in the middle of the season or something crazy. I saw his new tattoo. That shit's fucking weird looking. And I'm covered in tattoos. And I look at that and I'm like, that's a little suspect, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know why. It just looks like it. It looks like something that, I don't know, somebody I wouldn't like would get. <clears throat> and those of you that know what I mean, you know what I fucking mean. It is a little suspect. But their team's terrible. They got two good running backs and nothing else. Nothing. Like Aaron might get so fed up, he's just like retires in the middle of the season or something nutty. He's so fucking weird. I I'd have to Google it, but somebody, I just heard and mentioned his new girlfriend's name, and it's like fucking Moon Garden or Blue Lagoon or something. I don't fucking know what her name is, but it's of that elk. (laughs) What in the fuck is he on? I bet you they're going to be fucking terrible. I mean, to a point where, I mean, he might fucking leave. (laughs) That's my prediction. I think the Packers are going to really struggle. Seattle is obviously going to be fucking terrible. Drew Locke, I mean, give me a fucking break. Geno Smith will be starting before the season's over. Somebody's going to get Jimmy Garoppolo. They can't. So I think, and and kind of uh, referring to the question I got earlier, I think everybody's just waiting for Jimmy to get cut. He's going to ask for a release once he passes his physical because nobody traded for him. Some people are looking at the quarterbacks next year. That's a mistake. Those quarterback, the quarterbacks coming out next year are not good. That kid at Alabama is tiny, like tiny, tiny. And the dude for Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, has a weak arm. He throws a pretty ball, but it's not. It's it's weak, and he emotionally is. You can tell his confidence goes up and down and up and down. He's a little bit of a roller coaster. I just I don't I don't know unless there's a guy that I haven't seen play next year that's like coming out that I don't know about those aren't everyone's saying those are the two guys but I'm like how they're both skinny and they both have weak arms what the fuck are you guys seeing there hasn't uh, yeah whatever I wish Andrew Luck would come out of retirement and play a little bit more he was fucking awesome man there's some teams in some dire straits at quarterback when you really think about it. You look at the Giants, they're fucking, they're fucked. The Jets are fucked. Zach Wilson ain't it. I mean, maybe. Maybe this year he shows he is. He definitely has a nice arm, but he's small. And it's not really a strong arm. It's like Baker Mayfield strong, where he throws with his body like a whipping motion. And it just, I don't know, like, eh, the ball hangs sometimes and they get picked off. And so I would argue that they're in, they're in trouble and they need a quarterback Ah, uh, God, man. The Dolphins, the Panthers, the Seahawks. God, all in trouble. 
What do you do? I'm curious what people think of Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's a long-term answer. I like him. He's tough. He's strong. He's a couple-year quarterback. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know about his arm. It's not It's not good enough, I don't think, to play. It's like he's good. I don't know. Neither is Dak Prescott's, though. I would argue that Dak Prescott's arm and Jalen Hurts' arm are really not all that different. And Dak Prescott's making $48 million. He's also never won anything, really. The best years the Cowboys have had is when they were running the ball. And now Zeke's, you know, getting overpaid. Arguably, he's not the best court running back on the roster anymore. And they don't really – they've got C.D. Lamb, who hasn't proven anything. He's got good games and bad games. And I don't know what else they've got. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. Everyone's like, well, they got Micah Parsons. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Von Miller needed Peyton Manning. <laughs> And Matt Stafford and, and all these guys. Like, it doesn't matter how good Micah Parsons is. If your quarterback's trash, you're going nowhere. I'm kind of interested to see what Jacksonville does this year. I don't want to – I would like to see Trevor Lawrence be more than a fucking footnote in the NFL. His rookie year was a disaster. And he couldn't overcome any of it. Now, that coaching, that might have been some of the worst coaching anyone's ever had. And so we'll see how he rebounds. But it is nice to kind of talk a little NFL. I'm keeping my ear to the floor about Deshaun Watson. I'm curious to see how much they're going to punish him. And it seems like not very much. We'll see. So there's been a couple of fights confirmed in UFC in the future that are going to be interesting. Islam is fighting Charles Oliveira in Abu Dhabi. That's been confirmed. It was actually confirmed during my last pod. I just didn't get a chance to talk about it and what I'm going to think is going to happen. I don't know. I'm not sure people realize how big Islam is for that division. They've been kind of avoiding the fight. I, I have no idea. I mean, Islam's going to be the favorite. He's going to be he's going to be the favorite when the fights when the betting lines open up. Charles is skinnier. I'm just. I mean, Charles is my favorite fighter in the world. And so at this point, I'm just going to ride with him. I definitely don't want Islam to be the champ. Like, why would I? He's so fucking boring. And, uh, yeah, he's just kind of like a, a Khabib guy where, you know, he gets you on the ground. He does have some better ground and pound than Khabib, but ultimately it's just kind of boring shit. I'm not into it. Uh, Charles Oliveira is, like, one of the most exciting fighters you could possibly ever see. He's lovable. Uh, how can you not like him? He seems genuine. And, yeah, he's my guy. It's going to be probably one of the biggest fights that you'll see this year, I would argue. Two of the best fighters in the world fighting each other in their prime. It's just rare. You don't get to see that in any f- combat sport very often. It is so it, in this era to see guys in their prime fighting each other you know, at the top of the sport. It's just rare. So that'll be fun. The other news is that Hamzat Chemaev is... They're finalizing the deal for him to fight Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz has one more fight on his UFC contract. They wanted him to fight Conor McGregor again, and he's like, no, I don't want to fight him. I'd rather fight Francis Naganu. It's like, all right, Nate. I love Nate. I love the Diaz brothers. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they're – they're sending him to his funeral or something. Hazma is a fucking mauler, and Nate is a bleeder. <laughs> I, I am really scared for Nate in this fight. Nate already has some 
definitely some fucking brain damage. I mean, goddamn, the dude's been hit in the head so many times. Everyone's like, oh, it's from smoking weed. He's like, no, it's not. It's that he's literally been fighting since he was a little kid. And like football players, fighters get damage to their brain over time. Look, i.e. Muhammad Ali. (laughs) So it's going to be a brutal one. I don't want to see this fight. I mean, everybody's going to want to. Nate's fun. I just worry that that guy is a little too big and a little too hot right now. And he's really going to put a hurting on you. I will say this. Following the Islam Oliveira fight, whoever wins that fight should fight Alexander Volkanovsky next. I want to see Volk go up a weight division and try to be a two-time belt champ. That would be fucking sweet. I think he's got the power. He's got the strength. I don't know if he can beat either of those guys, to be perfectly honest. I don't know if he's big enough. Volk looks small even in his own, and even in the smaller division he's in. He's short, but he has weighed up to 210 pounds when he was a rugby player. He's been bigger. He's just really short, and Charles is going to look a lot taller and be able to hit him from a lot more distance. That'll be interesting. I'm actually, God, I would love to see that fight. Volkanovski and Charles Oliveira, that's the fight I want to see. We need Charles to beat Islam, though. <laughs> we'll see. I, I really would like that. That would be fucking awesome. So I'll be tuning into the All-Star game tonight. Like I said, Clayton Kershaw is going to be leading uh, the game with Shohei Otani up to bat. Should be a good night. Not a lot going on. There's $2 tacos down the street. I'm going to walk my ass down there, eat some tacos, make some bets. Make sure you guys uh, follow whatever platform you're on. Follow me, like me, leave a review. If you hate me and you think I'm the worst, go ahead and send me a message and I'll read it out loud. Go to stake.com, use the promo code THESOFTCOUNT to get into the Discord for the Fight Night Discord Party. That's the promo code THESOFTCOUNT. Talk to you guys soon. Later.